Welcome to Unity of Tucson. That song begins with a lyric. Um, this is the moment. Can you remind me what the lyric is? I don't I... remember anymore. There's <laughs> no way. This is the day when I set all my doubts and demons on their way. That struck me uh, this morning as you were singing it because sort of one of the things I'm going to be talking about is a manner in which we might do that for ourselves. Because I have in my life had times where I've been plagued with doubt. Anyone else? <laughs> Happens to the best of us. Um, and yet I have found a method and I have adopted a method in my own life for setting them all away, setting those doubts and demons on their way, and allowing myself to come into a greater expression and understanding that is rooted in the truth of my being. And what we teach here, what I specifically offer, is that every aspect of our beingness is divine, that there can be nothing separate from the infinite wholeness, there can be nothing separate from God, and so that means we are that power, we are the presence, we are the creative source. And if we were really willing to let go of those doubts and demons, boy, imagine what we could do. But many of us are stopped by those doubts and demons, and I'm ready to say once and for all, let it all go away. I will accept that, thank you. One of the, one of the, one of the pathways to that uh, practice for me is to live my life in gratitude. Live my life in gratitude. Even for the things that I perceive to be challenges. Ooh, you ever have a challenge? Ooh. You know what? Challenges, are, challenges, challenges help me understand how to fall forward and to get back up and say, I know who I am and I know how to proceed. And so Meister Eckhart invites us to this understanding. Ready? If the only prayer you say in your whole life is thank you, that would suffice. If the only prayer you say in your whole life is thank you, that would suffice. So if you live no other way, my encouragement to you is to live in gratitude from the point of view, from the consciousness of gratitude. Now, you know, I mean, many of you know that I think about what I, glasses are coming off. <laughs> I think about what I'm going to say throughout the week, but I don't actually put any notes down until Sunday morning. And many of you know that I get up at 4.30. I'm usually here in my office by 5 or 5.30. By the way, um, Susan, did you hear the owl this morning? Yes. I just wanted to make sure that you heard it because Susan is staying in the casita, and I was like, I hope they're hearing the owl. Sorry, I, I went off on a little tangent there. Um, so I was here early, get here between 5 and 5.30. I sit down, and I start formulating you know, the outline for what it is I would like to say. And I looked at this quote, and I thought to myself, if the only prayer you say in your whole life is thank you, that would suffice. And I looked at that word, suffice. It would suffice to what end? I started to rethink this quote, and I'm like, what does he mean here? What does he mean here? And then I thought, well, I know who he is. He's a Christian theologian from the uh, 14th century. And so he's probably saying that if the, only prayer you're, you, if the only prayer you say in your whole life is thank you, that would suffice and be acceptable to lead to your salvation. Which then tweaks me a little bit. <laughs> because here's the thing. I ask myself... From what do I need to be saved? From what do we need to be saved? 
We teach a philosophy here where our life unfolds according to our thoughts, our beliefs, and our feelings that are all wrapped up in that, right? And so if I need to be saved from anything, it's my own erroneous thinking. That's it. And there is no being out there that has ever offered, that, that has ever had to do anything to, to well, you know, what I'm, you know what I'm talking around, right? No person out there has, has anything to do with my own salvation from my own erroneous thinking. And I'm ready to let go of any notion that that was ever a part of my life. How I welcome healing in my life begins in gratitude. You ever get a, you know, like that, that you ever get that like feeling in your nose, like, oh, like you're going to sneeze, but then you realize, oh, it's more than a sneeze. I might be getting sick. I'm sure nobody in this room except me. It does happen to me occasionally, but I've mastered, I've mastered how to move through that. Not denial, because a lot of, you know, we teach, we teach, a, we teach a method of denial, um, and a lot of people misunderstand the method of denial by saying, I am not sick. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> Do you really believe that would be my question. Um, so the way that we teach denial is that the circumstances of our life do not have power over us. So when I feel the tickle in my nose, I don't even go to this anymore. I don't go to the denial of, oh, that has no power in my life anymore. No, here's what I go to. And this, I'm, I'm, I'm going to now teach you the true path to healing. The true path to healing is this, gratitude. I am grateful that my physical expression is the outpicturing of a spiritual idea. That I am rooted in a spiritual blueprint and everything that expresses forth as my physicality is the outflow of that spiritual blueprint. That spiritual blueprint has never been touched by anything in the world of form. And so if I am experiencing anything in the world of form that is contrary to that spiritual blueprint, I align myself with that spiritual blueprint one more time and I say, thank you. Thank you. My body knows exactly how to heal. Because that's the nature of the creative power of the divine. That's the nature of the creative power of the divine. And, it does, and, and while, while new thought has its roots in physical healing of ailments, we have attributed this healing consciousness to everything in our lives, to heal our relationships, to heal our creative expression, to heal, to heal, to heal means so much more than just physical healing. And I've had a lot of people come into my office recently looking for spiritual answers to physical problems. And I always invite them to this gratitude that you are rooted in a spiritual blueprint. And if you are allowing yourself to realign with that blueprint, then anything unlike it will fall away. And I live in gratitude for the body knowing exactly how to do its perfect work. True gratitude, now, now true gratitude is a feeling. And this is what I keep coming back to because this is part of the, for me, the evolution of the new thought philosophy, that we have moved past change your thinking, change your life. We've moved past change your beliefs, change your life. And we're really starting to understand we change our feeling, we change our lives. So true gratitude is a feeling, not necessarily an activity. So while I'm willing to say thank you, 
That thank you for me must be rooted in the feeling of gratitude first and foremost. Otherwise, it is ineffective. It is ineffective. So the activity born out of feeling is sometimes how it shows up, right? That feeling showing up in the expression I call an emotion. And so I express the emotion of gratitude from a feeling of gratitude, and I say, thank you, thank you, thank you. I am welling up and overflowing with gratitude and appreciation. We can charge our gratitude machine. We can charge it at all times. Here's some methods to charging that gratitude machine. First of all, recognize the gift that you are. Recognize the gift that you are. Recognize the gift of your core beingness, again, that has never been touched by anything in the world of circumstance. Remembering who you are is aligning the self with that understanding. Recognize the gift. Let that feeling of gratitude well up because a gift given is something that I choose to be thankful for. And so I allow that feeling to well up and then I take time to meditate on the feeling. Meditate on the feeling. In the steps of prayer that we teach, there's a meditation step. And it is when I teach prayer, I talk about that meditation step being a meditation on the understanding of our true identity, that that's what I choose to meditate on. Well, part of that true identity for me is opening up in gratitude to that truth that I carry in my heart and soul at all times. So I let myself meditate on that feeling. And what I have found, and this is New Thought 101, what we focus on grows in our experience. What we focus on grows in our experience. So if I am recognizing the gift, allowing that feeling of gratitude to well up from the gift, and I meditate on that gift, that becomes my focus, and guess what grows in my experience? So much more to be grateful for. So much more to be grateful for. I don't think it's any secret that I enjoy social media. <laughs> I was an early adopter of, well, I was, I was an early adopter of Twitter, which I have abandoned at this point. Um, I was an early adopter of Twitter. Uh, I was an early adopter of Facebook. I was an early adopter of uh, Instagram. And I was a latecomer, though, to TikTok. <laughs> It's okay, yeah. But I enjoy social media. And I especially enjoy TikTok now. <laughs> but here's the thing about, here's, here's the reason I bring that up. Because, and especially TikTok, they have, an, it has an algorithm. You ever hear of an algorithm? Yeah, it has an algorithm where it wants to show you what it thinks you want. And it pays attention to the things that you're slowing down. Like, oh, I'm gonna watch this video all the way through, but this next video, Scroll past. Oh, didn't, he didn't like that video, so we're not going to show him things like that, right? The algorithm is a result of the habit, and the algorithm also then supports the habit, right? So as I scroll through and I stop at certain things, I'm like, oh, that's very interesting to watch. The algorithm is learning. The algorithm is learning. And I start scrolling. Now, what happened yesterday is I was, uh, yesterday, January 20th, I was scrolling through and this, uh, this uh, video came up on TikTok and it was an astrologer 
who was talking about Pluto moving out of Capricorn and into Aquarius. And, you know, maybe some of you have heard that this is happening. Now, the funny thing is, I don't tend to go for astrology all that much. I don't. But I watched this video entire, all the way through because, well, you know, my birthday was a few weeks ago, so I am a Capricorn. And so I thought, well, here's a planet that's moving out of my sign. And what do I think about that? And how do I relate to that? And I watched this 10-minute video all the way through. And the algorithm learned. <laughs> and almost every other video that I watched the rest of the day was about Pluto moving out of Capricorn and into Aquarius. The algorithm is the result of your habit, and it supports and learns from your habit. We all have algorithms, every single one of us. There's a minister, Dr. George, George Leroy Dale, who wrote a book, Attaining Spiritual Mastery. And in that book, he wrote this. Your subconscious nature keeps reproducing the same patterns of life and activity mentally and physically over and over unless you change the patterns. What he's talking about here is the algorithm that you establish in your life. The algorithm are your subconscious patterns, the habits that we are continuing to impress and impress and impress, and it continues to express and express and express. I just made that up. <laughs> your subconscious nature keeps reproducing the same patterns of life and activity mentally and physically over and over unless you change the patterns. A lot of people are looking for the right prayer to say to change my life. A lot of people come to me for that. What is the prayer? What is the one prayer that's going to change it all for me? And I say, it's not about one prayer. It's about addressing the subconscious patterns, the subconscious habits, to bring to the level of awareness that which is below the level of awareness so that you can then activate something different rooted again in that spiritual blueprint, which is the core of who you are. What does the algorithm, the subconscious, notice? It notices everything, but what does your mind linger on? What feels good? And guess what happens? Whatever your mind lingers on, the algorithm will provide more and more and more. And it is responsive to 100% of your consciousness, not just the 10% that we're aware of. What did you say, Sherry? What you feel comfortable with. But, but we also feel comfort in things that are not so good for us. I'm going to talk about that in just a minute. That's okay. You're just getting ahead of me. Sherry is uh, probably, on, well, Sherry has committed to the path of becoming a minister, and so she's just getting ready. <laughs> All right, so I'm going back to my notes now. <clears throat> so the algorithm is responsive to 100% of what's happening in your consciousness, in your mind. That is your algorithm, right? Not just the 10% that we are actively aware of. And here's the thing, we can assess what is happening in the other 90%. Do you know how we do that? By observing our life. Because the observation of our life leads to awareness. 
If, uh, the, the joke is always, if you want to know what's happening in your mind, look at your life. That's what's happening in your mind. And how are you choosing to move forth? How are you choosing to activate the algorithm more today? Awareness equals empowerment. You are empowered through your capacity to be aware and to observe and to make new decisions. And empowerment is also the way in which we can reprogram the algorithm. We are constantly programming and reprogramming. And we have a core operating system, right? Just like every computer has a core operating system. We have a core operating system. And if it is not addressed, it will dominate, dominate even if it's buggy. <laughs> the true core operating system that each and every one of us has is our core beliefs, those already established premises that we carry with us. This is the result of our primary programming, which most of that comes from childhood. Right? And so we hold on to these ideas, these, uh, these identities that we were taught as children, and they keep playing themselves out and playing themselves out and playing themselves out, and they may or may not be so good for us in, in an enhanced quality of life. And it is the tendency to, re, to reproduce those habit, habits in mind. It is our tendency to reproduce those habits. So as we start to open up in awareness to habits... We are empowered to change. Now, those habits also can be reinforced through activity. Right? I mentioned before that the history of new thought has a core in physical healing. In in one of the classes or one of the membership orientations recently, I, I, I said I use the words faith healing, although that is kind of a loaded statement. Um, But we do, we are basically a faith-healing philosophy, that it is through our faith, our understanding of who we are, that we welcome the expression of healing in our lives. And as as we consciously allow healing in the mind, the form follows, because the form always follows the consciousness. The form always follows mind. This history of new thought can be traced back in the unity movement, specifically, of course, to Myrtle Fillmore at that lecture with E.B. Weeks, where she heard, I am a child of God, and therefore I do not inherit sickness. She worked to reprogram her algorithm for two years and healed herself of tuberculosis. That's the way it works. Many of us, I think, have a tendency to forget that. And one of the things that happens is this. You destroy your health when you discuss your ailments at great length and give dramatic little lectures about it at every opportunity. (laughs) We all laugh, but how many of us have done that? How many of us have done that? I don't tell people if I feel that tickle in my nose anymore. Why give a dramatic little lecture? Oh, I don't think I'm going to... I think I'm going to stay home. I don't feel so good. I'm not going to give a dramatic little lecture about it anymore. I'm going to go to gratitude. I'm going to reprogram. I'm going to allow the algorithm that I have been developing in habit to take over, and then that physical expression no longer has any place in my experience. But I want us all to check in and reflect for just a moment 
on the dramatic little lectures we might be making about our ailments because it feels comfortable. It feels comfortable. Why does it feel comfortable? Well, the algorithm is at work, right? The algorithm is at work. And it feels comfortable because we get a little dopamine hit every time we get a sympathetic response from somebody. That's why we keep telling those stories. And here's the thing, that dopamine hit is a short-term fix. It's a short-term fix. If you want to reprogram the algorithm, you will find yourself on the path to permanent healing. Letting go of those little stories we tell to just get that little dopamine hit so that just in this one little moment, I'm going to feel good, but we're not actually doing anything to the algorithm. So how do you choose to be today? What's it going to be? If you have a runny nose, is it going to be one tissue or the entire box? <laughs> I'm going to go back to where we started in the beginning of reprogram. I think the beginning of reprogramming is in establishing gratitude as a practice. This is the moment. Right here, right now. This is the moment. Are you willing to step into a new habit of being by establishing gratitude as a practice? Yes. 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 And the rest of you? <laughs> it is from inner gratitude that we derive joy. Joy being the theme for this month. It is from inner gratitude that we derive joy. And the great news is, as we continue to step and steep ourselves in that feeling of joy and gratitude, the algorithm responds. Peace and blessings. You are magnificent. If you are new to our community, I give homework every week. And the reason that I give homework is because it is my encouragement to our community and to each and every one of you to activate the practice of the principle, to not just hear lovely words on a Sunday, but to actually have something that you get to walk away with and put to use this week. So here is the homework for this week. I would like us all to review what is routine in our lives and purposefully change up our routines. Oh, wow, that got some response. Oh, my. Ooh. Okay, find one thing that is routine in your life. If it's going to be just one thing, maybe you're not going to dress at all. Find something that is routine in your life and purposefully change it up. Purposefully change it up. Try something new. Try something new. It may be as simple as, I'm going to have a different order at Starbucks today. I will never do that. <laughs> I know what I like, <laughs> and so do my baristas. What's that? Park somewhere different. Yeah. You know what? Actually, I'm going to encourage you all. I can almost, to a T, know where every single person I know is going to sit in this room. Surprise me next week. That's the homework. Hi, this is Reverend Jonathan Zenz, 
And I want to thank you for listening to the podcast of my Sunday message. Your financial support will ensure that we can continue to offer this as an option for inspiration. You can make your tax-deductible contribution in any amount on our website, unitytucson.com. Once again, thank you for listening. You are magnificent. Namaste.